Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation podcast. Hello and welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom and think. My name is Sam Dover. I'm a senior beauty and personal care analyst here at Mintel. And today I'm your host, joined by my colleagues Nick, Rebecca and Chi to discuss the evolution of live streaming. So to get us started, can I just all ask you to briefly introduce yourselves? So we'll start with Nick. Hi, yes, I'm Nick. Carol, I'm uh, Associate Director of Retail Research uh, here at Mintel, and I'm becoming quite the expert in live streaming in this new post-COVID-19 world. Amazing. Rebecca? Hi, I'm Rebecca McGrath. Uh, I'm Senior Media Analyst here in the UK. And Chi. Hello, uh, this is Chi. Um, I'm based in Shanghai at the moment, and I look after the Mintel China report of retail. Amazing. Thank you. So I feel like there's been a whole lot of discussion around the growth of live streaming since the COVID-19 outbreak in particular. And so for me, this is something that I know very little about. So I'm just really interested to know who is engaging with live streaming. Is it very much that it's a young person's um, activity and what kind of content are they streaming? Rebecca, I know that you can probably tell me a whole load of stuff that I don't know. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, this has been a very exciting time for live streaming. Um, the, you know, we've seen massive growth across the board, all the major platforms, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, which is a gaming live streaming service. Um, and I think right now it's still, you know, it is, it is a sort of platform mainly used by the young. But as this sort of uh, crisis evolves and more people are getting used to using sort of video conferencing services like Zoom, uh, I think we're going to see more people sort of outside of that traditional young demographic start using these streaming services more and more. So it's definitely becoming more mainstream. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've definitely guilty of that with family and stuff. Even got my parents on on Zoom now, and they never would have known what even what Zoom was before um, before the outbreak. So, and we're recording on Zoom as we speak because obviously we can't all be together. So, as you say, it's kind of it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. Chi, I'm really interested. I feel like China is a long way ahead of the Western Western world when it comes to live streaming. So similar question to what I've just asked Rebecca, really. What are consumers engaging with and, and where are they live streaming content in China? Yeah, I think originally uh, the live stream platform or apps were more about like gaming or live sport originally about like a couple of, a couple of years ago. And then the most interesting things happened in 2019 last year, actually, when Taobao came out, um, the biggest e-commerce platforms, they really rocked it up with their live streaming services. And they got two very popular um, live streaming hosts. One is a male called Li Jiaqi and the other is a lady called Veya. And I think with the help of them, and by now people now know much, know more about like, okay, now you can use the live streaming to do like, okay, selling the products to the consumers rather than just like providing like entertainment or live shows to the, to the audience. 
And since then, now we are seeing more um, social media platform, for example, like a short, short video platform like TikTok. Because originally, I think TikTok is more like short video platform rather than a live stream platforms because but because it's so popular now so they, they they try to integrate and they try to evolve into the live live streaming platforms and then but originally with like entertainment or maybe like short stories but now they are more, more into okay into like lifestyle like traveling beauty cosmetics and a lot of products and now i think now you are seeing like more brands that are using like TikTok or maybe like just using Taobao to sell in their products. So it's, it's whole kind of like evolving more at the moment. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, uh, I think especially the evolution of TikTok is so interesting because it's only just become a major uh, sort of platform here. And um, but I sort of had a lot of thoughts about, well, it, it can't just be what it is so far, which is fairly short. Um, highly edited videos, very fun, but already you see Instagram ready to sort of incorporate those kind of features. So I think this is a really interesting time for that evolution of live streaming on TikTok. And I was just wondering how you saw the difference of TikTok in China versus here now and whether it's it's significantly evolved. I think uh, at the beginning, I think we need to say um, there are two versions of TikTok. One is the TikTok for the Western users and then the TikTok for the Chinese users. They are two separate platforms because the censorship of the social media stuff going on in, in China. So um, the other thing is like um, the TikTok in China now, is, I think it's a, 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 a step further than the UK or, or the US TikTok because now what they were thinking is like they want to go beyond entertainment. So it's not anymore about like, okay, young little girls or, or maybe the... Uh, a, a gentleman in his 40s like doing dance with the music because originally I think TikTok is more like music and you, you make your fun videos and you upload and you share, share with other people and how did it get popular but now I think they now because they, they think they need to extend their uh, audience so they want to bring more content into their platforms so you will see now they, they are working with a lot like the influencers into for some like beauty influencers or maybe like technology influencers. So now they are live stream their knowledges or talking about their, their, their products or talking about their skills or life experience. So they try to make sure they, they are going into like a vertical kind of platform rather than just entertainment platforms and providing all kinds of, all kinds of like uh, contents. So I think probably in the next step for the, for the TikTok in, 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 in UK and the US, I think might go in the same route because I think it's like YouTube, like the YouTuber, I think for some like those like young beauty YouTubers, they, they are doing their coachings, the tutorials on YouTube. And then after, after that, once they get famous, they start to set up their own brands and, and selling their products on their YouTube channel. I think that's probably another route going down for, for the TikTok. So we've, I mean, I think Chi, you've touched on it a couple of times um, there as well. I think we, I mean, we know that live streaming is, you know, pegged as a big opportunity for retail. But again, I feel like China is further along this path than in the UK. So I'm interested to know kind of, Chi, from your perspective, how retailers have been embracing live streaming. But also, Nick, I know that this is something that is um, starting to come to the forefront more so 
in the UK and in Europe as well. Yeah, well, I guess I'll start because it's quite a short story. We're, um, I think we're not just a little bit behind what's going on in China and other countries in that area of the world. We're significantly behind. Um, you know, we there have been sort of experimentation and everything I'm talking about here is pre-COVID-19. I'll come on to the post-COVID-19 world in a minute. But we have seen some experimentation. Um, you know, someone like Amazon, when it first launched its Fire tablets, it did have its Mayday button, if we remember that, where you could call a customer service um, individual to get some help about your new tablet. And that was, that was a great move at the time because it engendered sort of the tablet, uh, the Fire tablets to say maybe an older, less technically savvy audience. But And then even Amazon has gone further and it does have Amazon Live, which, it, you know, it's not particularly well engaged with. And um, But it is a sort of live streaming platform that it hosts on its site, but it's probably more akin to something like YouTube. I had a look at it just before we came on and there was a, a fitness workout going on so it wasn't necessarily tied to um selling products in the way we see in china um but so yeah so we're a long way behind but we are starting to see um due to you know the the, the world we currently are where social distancing is key and uh, more retailers embrace this type of technology and i think it sounds like we're where china would have been i don't know two three four years ago that there's now engagement with these platforms on an entertainment on a day-to-day level, not necessarily for commerce, but retailers are seeing as a, a way of, if not monetizing that, use that for services. So we have things like Curry's, um, uh, Curry's PC World, so big electronics retailer here in the UK, has now launched its shop live using uh, store staff to give one-to-one advice via um uh, not sure if it is Zoom, but at least a similar platform. Uh, John Lewis now has personal styling advice, both for fashion and home via Instagram, where uh, customers can book 15 to 30 minute chats. And there's a number of other retailers that are looking at this as a solution is, you know, customers are hesitant to go into store and all stores are still not open. So we're certainly behind the times, uh, but I'm sure Chi is going to now tell me, um, you know, just how far behind we are. Well, I think quite interesting. We, the, the, the story will be, we try to compare like Amazon and Taobao in, in China because they are all the leading e-commerce platforms in each, each region. And um, I think one thing quite different is like when, 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 when I'm writing with, with Summer, like for the fashion retailing report or children's wear reports, you know, for those apparel stuff. And now we are seeing Taobao is no longer just a purchase channel, but also the source of information and also the source of inspiration, i.e. people constantly logging to Taobao or Tmall and just glance through different stores, different maybe influencers, maybe petty business owners on, on, on Taobao. So it's a way, I think it becomes kind of, kind of like a, a way how they kill their fragment times. So it becomes, it's a daily activity for them, just like, okay, I got hooked by my, by my Taobao, Taobao apps. And I, I think that's the whole strategy Alibaba wants to, that the user to be like, oh, sticking to these apps as long time as possible and try to integrate more functions into these apps. So originally I would say, yeah, Taobao is pretty similar to Amazon, just like, okay, it's a purchase channel. So if you've got anything you want, 
and you know you are looking for a good price or maybe a good vendor, you go to Amazon or you go to Taobao. But now Taobao being way beyond Amazon because they got so many different the apps within the apps. So for example, like the gaming gaming functions, like the competition functions. Now you got the contents. So for those like influencers or the, or those who wants to be like a blogger or like a vlog, they can start to generate their contents on Taobao. So you you can do two things: you can set up your own store there, or you can just be a like a super consumer and you can start to talk about your experience. Like oh okay, I can I can share my experience about certain products and I can record it in my videos, upload how I'm going to use it and how I'm going how I look like. Wearing this dress or wearing that accessories, so I think Taobao is more like a into like a lifestyle app rather than just a, a purchase channel app. And so I think it's quite natural for them to to integrate the live stream functions into this app. So they it allows those petty or small and medium sized like business owners. It, it, it's got new toys to engage their customers. So before that, and they maybe they rely more on positive feedback from the consumers. They, they they encourage consumer to post like your your feedback on these products or on those shops, and they encourage them to upload photos about how you fit finding those things. And and now they just allows the the, the sellers to okay upload or, or start the live stream, so they can really demonstrate the products. Instantly or lively to to their customers, and so and they can have like okay instant communication. If you have anything you want to ask me, if you want, for example, like maybe there's a young lady demonstrate okay the latest uh, jacket from Korea, and and maybe the viewer might say, can you turn around? Let me see this angle, or maybe turn around, see that angle. So so the the host will, will just do that. So um, I think it's more like. A, it's a it's a quite powerful way for the consumer really to engage with the host and also to engage with the seller. But for 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 Amazon, I think at the moment it's it's, it's more like okay, I'm more like a shopping mall, and I let you to list your products there, and that's it. So you don't really see like the consumers have this kind of like lifestyle or daily engagement there. Yeah, and I think that's the key point is that we know from Mintel's own data that. Amazon is top of mind for people that are shopping online in the UK and in the US. But actually for many people, they only go there right at that last part of the purchase journey. You know, they've seen it somewhere else. They know Amazon's, you know, cheap or, you know, competitively pricely to put it a better way. And they go there and purchase and then leave. But what you're talking about is increasing dwell time on the site and engagement with the platform, which is crucial, not just for any retailer, but for a business online. And I think that's really powerful. And I think, you know, actually, I think Rebecca will probably be far better place to speak about this, but the cutting out of influencers is really key within that. Uh, I was uh, just on your first point about um, you know, people going to Amazon, which is your last uh, point. We just got some data back for our uh, upcoming social media report that talks, that shows how um, uncomfortable people are still are with purchasing in-app on media uh, about only one in four people uh, uh, would like to do that although that does grow quite significantly uh, amongst um, younger social media users which I think just shows you know that's that's a gradual process coming here I imagine it's very different in China um, but it does show that 
they aren't seen yet as purchasing platforms. I think, well, right now it seems like that's yeah the perfect world for influencers to just sort of um, to get into as they. Uh, Influence is really all about the idea of authenticity and um, sort of demonstrating your lifestyle. So if you can have a live stream that works to, as if, you know, not just be like, oh, I'll show you sort of like as, as the old school shopping channels, but incorporating it into your life a bit more. I think there's, you know, that's a really powerful um, potential influencing uh, world to get into. Well, I, I think I just want to highlight that's one major difference between the Chinese consumers, their attitudes towards social media, and also the UK, US consumers, their attitudes towards social media. Uh, because when I was writing the KOL report, I found quite a lot UK, US consumer, the reason why they follow someone on social media is about like entertainment, about celebrities. So it's more about the person I'm interested in. But on the other hand, in, in China, we, we, when we talk about like what, what kind of account you follow on social media in here, I think people more about like interesting is, is products. They are more interested to see someone like the influencer talking about a p- p- products and, and they will try to demonstrate the strengths or the weakness of the products or maybe based on their personal experience. So the way how they see social media is quite different. In China here, they, they tend to see social media as a way, a source of information. And, and also the, the KOL or the influencer they trust is kind of like a way how to save their time when they need to verify or when they need to do, you know, just like a shortcut for me to do my home studies about the products I'm looking to or the, the, the products I'm interested in. And also by looking into like the products introduction by those famous influencers is the way how they get to know new products. So I think the, it's kind of like behavior differences between China and also the, the, the Western society. And that's the reason why I think Taobao or Tianbao will be quite easier for them to really tap into this kind of behavior by launching, you know, blockchain and also, and so on. Interesting. Um, and just going to quickly, I this could be very much showcasing a big gap in my um, knowledge, but um, K, did you say K-O-L-T? What does K-O-L stand for? Well, K-O-L is stands for Key Opinion Leaders. Perfect. Well, actually, they are, they are influencers, but, 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 but in China, in the Chinese context, I think for the brands and for the research agencies, they prefer to use K-O-L, the Key Opinion Leaders. But actually, they, they are just influencers. It's the same terms, but they use different words. Perfect. Thank you. I just had to sense check that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Amazing. So, I mean, I know we've talked, we've talked a little bit about how COVID-19 has obviously accelerated engagement with live streaming. I'm really interested if you all think this has, that kind of trend has longevity, so to speak. You know, what is, what is live streaming offering that is different to, you know, other static video content online and is it that it feels a bit more authentic because it's live or is it simply just about instant gratification? I think in media, you know, this is the big question about a lot of our changing behaviour is, is this really going to last and live streaming is one of those main points. I think, well, it'll be nothing like it is right now sort of the intensity of the growth and, and use. But I do think it serves a purpose in people's lives that will make it 
a permanent feature. And also just once people are comfortable with new behaviours, they, you know, they tend to keep up with them. Um, and as I said before, more people are experimenting with streaming live, even if it's just a small number of people on these uh, video platforms. And, um, and that is, you know, a behavior then that they may translate onto more different apps. And then it's just a wide range of options that live streaming prevents, that it presents, whether that's uh, entertainment or retail or just socializing. Uh, so it's just so many areas it can get into, gaming being one of the biggest. Um, and also there's just the fact that this is going to be an ongoing issue. COVID, it's not about to go anywhere anytime soon. And particularly for those major events, we're going to see live streaming have to play a key role for quite a long time. Yeah, I I think I would agree with all of that. I think, you know, even in the, as Rebecca said, in the short to medium term, as we continue to social distance and, you know, continue to battle with the outbreak obviously it's going to continue to be heightened around these areas but you look longer term around things you know about businesses looking to allow more working at home you know um, consumers will naturally become you know using this type of technology you know things like zoom or whatever it may be more frequently in their day-to-day lives so i think that breaks down that sort of hesitancy barrier that we've seen other platforms pre this outbreak not necessarily get the type of audience they would need to you know make these services worthwhile i think the, the crucial aspect is is it convenient and does it add benefit to me as a consumer and I think on both fronts it does you know when you see you know something like John Lewis his Instagram where it can you know get someone get an expert to look around your home and judge it which obviously sounds terrible if you're not particularly comfortable with how your home's looking at the moment but you know that is far more convenient than going to store showing pictures or explaining and say I want this etc you know you can get in and out and do that service very quickly um i think you know rebecca's other point you know that naturally it will dip down in terms of the number of people engaging in these you know you know you just see in the entertainment world you know the number of djs or bands doing you know live stream concerts once they can get back on the road and you know get in front of real audiences that's going to die down but the legacy is what Chi is talking about, you know, those experts in those areas. And I think that's why the retailers that we've seen or the businesses that we've seen do it have done it very well in terms of UK so far and that they're using their customer service experts to be the front of that. They've not partnered with someone else. They've got someone there that actually is an expert in that area. And I think that's the key moving forward, not necessarily, you know, passing the buck to an influencer, which is still very powerful. But if you're going to give expert opinion, you need an expert there to be able to do that. I think the most interesting things um, during the COVID-19 lockdown period for the physical retailers is that they, they, they try to use the live stream as a way to still presenting themselves to their potential customers. Also, I think maintain the engagement, just like wanting their consumers say, oh, don't forget me, we're still there, we're still there for you. Um, for example, like I, I remember the most interesting things, like for, for those like gym tutors or like the personal trainers during the lockdown period, they, they will try to provide like a free uh, live stream sessions and broadcast um, on those popular social medias. 
And I think that's the way how they try to engage in with their potential customers. They know they need to re- retain this good relationship. And once things return to normal, they will come back to, to, the, to the studios. And also for those like the offline store, I think that's the, I think they started to realize it's the way how they can build up a close relationship with the potential customers within their area. Maybe not low, maybe not far away, but maybe in the same city or maybe in the same region or in the same neighborhood. They can, they can start using this, this kind of, um, methods try to tell them okay what's in stock at the moment and what are the new products we got and how we're going to serve you you can place your order immediately um, after the the live stream and we can arrange the delivery to, to you and i think that's it, it's it turned out to be like it can be quite a potential cheap substitute to those quite expensive on that platform by really tapping into the live stream platforms you can transfer your business from the offline into the online world. But I think it's quite like good uh, integration for online to off, um, offline to online. I was just going to uh, go to Nick's point about influencers. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think uh, just that it's going to vary via industry, obviously, about which, which um, industries you want and markets you want the expert in and which you want the... Um, the sort of influencer, uh, where it is you know meant to be that person who doesn't isn't an expert, doesn't have a particular loyalty supposedly, and they're the ones demonstrating the product to you, the ones just like you. Um, so yeah, it's gonna sort of it's we're gonna see uh, it have different impacts on on the different retail markets. Yeah, I know in beauty and personal care, we've definitely, it's something that we've been talking about a lot recently. And I think there's a demand for a real authenticity with content where you want to see how beauty products look and feel on people who, you know, are not perfect looking, who look a little bit like you, who have maybe similar skin type to you or similar hair type. And I think there's, but there's still that trade off. And I think what we've seen during the COVID-19 outbreak, a lot of beauty professionals have got a lot more time on their hands. So they've got time to, you know, post more content, which is going to then increase pressure on influencers in terms of quality, because, you know, you've got, if you're not a complete user generated content, or it's professional content. And I think that middle ground could really be where influencers hit trouble, basically. So, and that kind of leads quite nicely really onto my next question, which is what impact will the rise of live streaming have on social media influencers? I was going to say, um, speaking to your point, particularly in the, in the, the beauty market where, or fashion, where we know there's so much editing of video, well, of photos, videos too, and actually sort of taking it back a few steps to the authenticity that it, the influencer world was meant to provide, uh, live streaming being harder to sort of manipulate uh, can really, I think people grasp onto that. It's like, oh no, that's what they actually look like, uh, which will be a big role in the beauty and, and fashion worlds. Yeah, definitely. And how, so Nick and Chi... How do you think this is? How do you think the rise of live streaming will change how retailers work with influencers? Well, I, I think now we are seeing new things. Well, sorry, uh, what's what's happening in China now is like um, now they are recruiting new people. Um, I think it's more like they, they they try to be like a presenter, and they are the new kind of like an influencer into the live stream because I think now the brands even 
even the retailers that because I know uh, for some shopping malls now they they recruiting new young bloods to to just do the live stream for their products uh, selling in, in in the shopping mall and the training for them is quite different to the way how we see those like influencer they become an influencer because the influencer I think originally they try to build up their authority build up their their image by being professional in a way. But now we are seeing the surge of live stream and by doing selling products in live stream sessions, it's more about how you talk, how you talk to the, to the consumers, how funny you are, how, how are you going to present those products? You can be very professional, but if, if you're not funny enough or if you are not engaging enough during the live streaming, like selling sessions, you won't be able to engage to the, to the, to the, to the audience. Maybe they only watch these for, for once and then you start to seeing, you're losing those like a uh, audience. So I would say, um, the whole era in, in, in live streaming, um, will be more competitive. So those traditional influencers, they are facing like young new plus coming to this, uh, to, to this market. And, and also if they can't really like producing engaging contents, if they don't sell the products and they might start to, you know, losing out in this competition because the brands, they want to cooperate with those people who can sell. Yeah, I think in terms of how it affects influencers in, you know, the UK or US or the sort of Western retail market, I think it's a really delicate balance because, you know, what what Cheese described there, you know, we have, maybe not in the platforms we're talking about, but something like QVC, which, you know, we may think of potentially old-fashioned, but it's still huge business here in the UK and the US in particular. And I think, you know, People know where they stand with that. You know, this person is here to do a job which is selling, but as she say, you know, be humorous and be watchable, etc. I think, you know, retailers then looking to um, bring those people on onto their platforms, which I think is the next step. You know, I think, you know, as I, as I spoke to earlier, you know, increasing dwell times or engagement with your platform is key within this. I think striking that delicate balance between, you know, someone that is expert and authoritative about the subject they're talking about and, you know, um, you know, personable as well and that you want to watch is really delicate. And I, um, it, it's going to be a difficult way to watch. I think the first steps are obviously the customer service elements that we are seeing, um, you know, but from a pure selling version, you know, I think we're still a long way from our, you know, consumers in the Western world being ready for that on these types of platforms, because, you know, on something like singles day, you know, I've watched some streams and I, you know, I don't really know particularly what's uh, being said, but, you know, you can see the totals tot, tot up and, you know, the amount of products that are being sold and stuff. And it's very, you know, clearly commerce driven. And, uh, you know, that um, obviousness, I'm not sure if, you know, Western consumers are necessarily ready for, um, but, you know, something like singles day is really intriguing because obviously in the UK, and US, we're going to move into Black Friday where there may be hesitancy to go into store. So, you know, it's potentially going to be a more online event than we've seen. I mean, it's still online dominant in the UK because we don't have the day off. 
like you do in the US, but it's going to be even more so. And um, I'm really interested to hear more how, you know, live streaming fits into, you know, singles day. Too. Well, I, I think um, during the singles day, not, not just one day, I think now, now they try to prolong the period of time. Yes. So during, <laughs> during, during this period of time, you, you, you are going to see those like, uh, the, the sellers um, on top of Timo, they will try to give you a very good um, the, the price. And so for those people, if you already know what you, you, you want to buy, and then you, you will just try to glance through different sellers and try to put those into your shopping list. And then at the same time, you're, you're finding the live stream. I think it's more about telling you how good it is, the, the, the product is. I think the as you say, yes, I think the best combination would be someone with really good knowledge and as a very authoritative figure in this in this field, but also being humorous enough and okay, so so they can bring in more sales by just like okay, presenting this product in a skillful but also very interesting and engaging way. Um I think it's still quite competitive at the moment, and you you can only see one or two, very few people they can achieve into like you know like the southern status at the moment. I think in China at the moment you are only see maybe five six people can do that. Not not many people can do that. I think a lot of young people they want to become they will try to treat them as a role model and try to okay I want to be successful with those people one day. But I think to be honest, at the end of the day, most people maybe when you're doing live stream. And your few, or maybe only like a, a couple thousand, will be quite good enough. You, you you can't really expect your viewers to be like millions or tens of millions. They're only for those really really big stars, to be honest. Tens of millions of views in the in the in the UK is uh, would be seriously impressive. <laughs> That's reserved for the Queen. <laughs> in terms of influencer world, um, it's also about uh, the fact that. It is these influencers a lot of the time, they're coming with the ideas. There's so much creativity there from the millions of uh, people who are creating videos that the brands and the retailers don't, they haven't come up with and wouldn't, trends they wouldn't actually have been able to foresee necessarily. Uh, and the sort of creativity of those videos um, is really, you know, it's driven by the creators and the influencers uh, and then retailers can understand that and work with them but so I think it's you know it's been fascinating just to see what trends come out of the creators what ways they figure out themselves how to make really interesting selling videos that aren't just stood there you know clearly selling you an item and showing you all the different sides of it I think we're going to see some really exciting sort of developments there I think that's one thing quite interesting um, happening in China is that you are now seeing a lot of like leading uh, company owners, like the CEOs, for example, like the CEO of McDonald's or like the CEO of Glee, the air conditioner, and they, they are, they are, they are, they are yeah. hosting the live stream to the, to, the, to the customers. And I think that's quite interesting in one way, it's because they are quite authoritative in a way, because they are really the business owner, they are the leaders in, 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 in this uh, field. And when they host the when they host the live stream, I think quite a lot of consumers they just quite curious. Okay, how are you going to present these things? Are you going to really give us give us a good discount to the products? And what any new things or any like a trade secrets you are going to share about this on, on, on these sessions? So I think this now is a trend because we are not not now seeing those like famous people or celebrities they are trying to enter this like, live stream world. 
Amazing. So I've got kind of one last question, but I don't know if this is actually two last questions. So you can either answer both or pick and choose as you as you will. Um, but I'm interested to know if there's anyone in particular that you guys think are doing a good job in the live streaming world at the minute. So be that an influencer, be that a retailer or a social media platform. And then on top of that, how how do we see live streaming evolving in the future? I think my favorite live streams have uh, been uh, the trend of old TV shows doing um, cast reads. It's just, (laughs) I just love, what I love about it is it shows such an understanding of uh, that engagement and authenticity that people want from um, from from live streaming. Uh, that they they want to feel they want some of the awkwardness and the 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 uh, lack of polish that live streaming can offer, and it makes them feel more um, in, connected with whether that's celebrities or um, you know just personalities or like they, they you want to feel uh like you're a part of it and i think you know the fact that people want to show up to watch cast reads is just such a it's, a, it's such an interesting phenomenon that i think really sums up one of one of the aspects that live streaming can offer people and also it's just well done by the broadcasters and those celebrities themselves to understand pretty immediately that this is something that people would want. Interesting. So who's been doing that? It's like a bunch of like, particularly the older shows like Chuck and Community, like a lot of these co- uh, old comedies. So it's very funny people engaged. Yeah. And then, uh, I, yeah, it's just a very interesting trend that they were quick to understand, especially as these broadcasters have so little new content at the moment. So they're going to have to experiment with all kinds of ways to, to provide content to people. Interesting. Hmm. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a plethora of people to choose from in the retail sector at the moment. And I have to say, I haven't used, you know, John Lewis's Instagram services at the moment. But I think, in general, I think you broaden it out to more social-based content and video streaming. I think someone like IKEA has done very well since the lockdown has um, come into effect here. I think you know, both from you know, it's usual, quite very good social media content, but it's also, you know, quickly conned on to, you know, the uh, the trend in more in-home cooking. So, the, you know, did a live stream about how to make its famous meatballs, um, how to, you know, make your call Zoom ready, that type of thing. I think their content has been relevant and engaging, crucially done with experts, speaking to those trends we've talked about. Um, so that one sticks out. I mean, others, you know, the rise of the sort of in how the home uh, house plants and you know the, that wellness trend that's going along there someone like patch plants has been you know an online flower retailer has been on uh, in terms of giving workshops and classes and things like that so there's a few examples that i think are great they're more traditional you know compared to what she has been describing through this podcast but i think um there's been some good content out there so far yeah, and I think the interesting thing with all of that is that it's just keeping, it's not necessarily about hard selling all the time from retailers. It's, it's interesting that it's just keeping keeping you at the forefront of the consumer's mind and just, 
yeah, just engaging your consumers and just speaking to them during this time. Uh, I just wanted uh, to really highlight Instagram a bit more. Uh, they've been sort of really at the forefront of this in sort of the UK and the US. Mm. Uh, and this Instagram Live has, has become such a big thing and been used by a variety of different people, just the average person to celebrities. But it's also presented a really interesting development for Instagram TV. Um, you know, their longer form video platform, which hasn't hasn't really taken off the way they would have wanted uh, yet. But now the live streaming content can be automatically transferred over Instagram TV, which is providing mm. this plethora of really popular content and, and really providing a sort of uh, a purpose for Instagram TV that people weren't quite sure they needed with um, when you have YouTube, that's such a major player here. So I think that's been a really interesting development. And also they've just introduced new features like co-watching, um, which is, well, that's more maybe video conferencing than live streaming at this moment. But it's that's where you can scroll through your uh, Instagram feed while video chatting with someone. So it's you know, just sharing that kind of every media with each other while um, uh while video chatting or and I think that might be a way we see uh, things develop also that sort of um, you consuming media or someone consuming media like TV shows or obviously gaming this is where it's been majorly played already you're playing a game other people are watching I think <laughs> we might see more of that as well that like you're watching TV and other people are watching you know sort of the advanced version of Gogglebox kind of thing <laughs> allow you to really recreate the old you know pub or restaurant setting with a friend who's just on Instagram the whole time so be perfect yeah, exactly <laughs> Do you feel like, as we've kind of said throughout this podcast, we're probably quite far behind um, China in the Western world? But I'm, so I'm really interested to know, you know, I think you've touched on a few people who have been doing it well, but if there's anybody else, and then also how you think you see live streaming evolving in China. I think Tianan Taba were going to be the leader in the live, live commerce area because they, I think they were keeping improving about, okay, using our celebrities or those that influence selling the products. And TikToks in China, I think it's catching up as well. And now I just heard they try to, they form the uh, strategic, um, strategic relationship with another big e-commerce platform called JD.com. So I think from now on, they will try to using, they will try to use the supply chain, the logistics of JD.com to sourcing about, okay, any products they'll be selling on TikTok. So giving TikTok the other um, strengths like, okay, when you are watching our live streaming or watching our like, uh, short videos, if you are interested in certain products and you don't need to go to other platforms or other apps to purchase these, you can just purchase them within TikTok try to close the loop to form a good loophole. And also I think like the genuine, genuine kind of feeling, making people like, okay, it's really like down to us, it's quite important. And for what, I, I, would, I would like to introduce one person, it's quite interesting, and his name is Royal Hao. And actually he's a CEO of a failed smartphone brand called Smartisan in China. And he's really kind of like hardcore engineer kind of person. I think he's 
can be said that it's kind of like failed like Elon Musk kind of person. He got a lot of like followers on, on his social media because he always says, I want to produce a very good smartphone for, for the consumers. So he got a lot of consumers, like got a lot of customers following him. You just think, okay, you really want to provide the really like tough and the, the good products to come to, to the, to the, to the, to the people. And however, the business failed. And then about like two months ago, he just announced he's going to join the live streaming, like live commerce, like area. And he's going to sell, he thinks the best products to his audience. And for the first sessions of the live streaming, I think it was a disaster. Because he was good, like talking about his own products. But when it comes to like selling, you know, the products, not your own, but other brands' products, you know, some people might find, oh gosh, he's so boring and the way how he talks. So, so his assistant tried to stop him doing something, try to, you know, damaging the products because he might say, oh, it's not really that interesting. You can find him from his face. He's not really into that. But, since then, I think he, he involved and improves. And then so for the second time, the third time, now you start to see, okay, now he's like a proper, like the QVC kind of type of host and really write a genuine, okay, try to put into those his efforts. Like, okay, now I'm trying to show you the reason why this is good products. And that's quite interesting because I think it's quite down to us. He, he didn't hide his feelings. He didn't hide this, you know, his true to emotion towards those products. I think that's what the audience really wants from, from the live streaming because you want to see the genuine like feelings or emotions and it's not rehearsed. I think that's quite important in, in the live stream sessions. Yeah, definitely. And I think because I think that probably speaks to a lot of what we're seeing as well is that consumers are really craving that honesty and I think it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because obviously it's every brand's nightmare for someone to slate their product but at the same time you can't really get away from the fact that not everybody is going to love everything and on that note um i'll wrap up because i think that's sadly all we've got time for today um if you want to know more about mintel who we are and what we do please head over to mintel.com follow us on social media we're on linkedin instagram twitter facebook um, and check out our blog for even more insights from our analysts thank you for listening please make sure you subscribe rate and review this podcast and if you like what you've heard today then please do spread the word and we will catch you next week for another episode of mintel's little conversation Mm -hmm.